Hello, friends. Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics podcast. My name is Joe Lynch. Thank you so much for joining us today. Changing it up a little bit with a brand new intro. No more voiceover. You're just little old me. So on the Logistics of Logistics, I interview founders, executives, innovators who are shaping the future of logistics and supply chain. And to that end, today's topic is five things your carrier wants you to know with my friend Brian Gabala. I met Brian at Manifest a few weeks ago in Las Vegas, and I had a great conversation with him at a cocktail party. He is the VP of sales at LTI Trucking Services. They're an asset-based company. I think they have like 300 trucks, like 600 trailers, and they're based in St. Louis. They do temperature control stuff. And I was talking to Brian at Manifest at a cocktail party. I learned a lot. I mean, it's every time I talk to a carrier, I'm amazed by the things that we kind of gloss over in the rest of the business. So today I'm going to talk to Brian about five things your carrier wants. And I think some of them are common sense, but um, the stuff related to loading and unloading, I think was really insightful. So we'll get into that. But before we get into that, I want to talk to you about my friends over at Tusk Logistics. That's T-U-S-K Logistics at TuskLogistics.com. So Tusk Logistics is a new parcel shipping network. So if you're an e-commerce shipper, if you're a big warehouse that does a lot of small parcel shipping, please listen up because Tusk is a brand new parcel shipping network that gives e-commerce shippers reliable service, predictable pricing, and proactive support. And what they've done is they've got a technology that have they've connected a whole bunch of top regional small parcel players. So most companies who are doing a lot of e-commerce shipping are using UPS or FedEx. Maybe some are using USPS. But when you use some of those regional carriers, you can save 30%, 40%. And so that's what Ben and his team have done. They've created, again, pre-negotiated rates with these regional carriers. And these regional carriers oftentimes provide better service, for sure better pricing, and the customer experience is better. Tusk is all about providing a better shipping value. So check them out over at Tusk Logistics. That's tusklogistics.com. And if you go to their website, right at the top, it says get started. Talk to them. And by the way, I met Ben Emmerich and I interviewed him. So I'll put a link to that in the show notes. And I met him also at Manifest. Great guy. So check them out at tusklogistics.com. So on to the interview with my buddy, Brian. Introduce yourself and your company and where you're calling from today. Sure. Well, thanks again, Joe. I'm Brian Gabala, calling in from St. Louis, Missouri, gateway to the West. Currently serve as the Vice President of Sales for LTI Trucking Services. So what is LTI? Where are you guys? Is the company based in St. Louis? Yeah, we're, we're headquartered in St. Louis, and we are a super regional truckload carrier. So we specialize in temp control, refrigerated product, mostly food truckload across the greater Midwest and select markets in Texas, the Southeast, and Pennsylvania. Uh, we've got about 300 tractors and 650 trailers. Damn. So now when you are doing the basically cold chain, where do you pick up typically and where do you deliver typically? So we do a lot out of distribution centers and then delivering from distribution centers to our customer's customer. So we work a lot with Fortune 500 food manufacturers. We're also servicing a lot of plant to DC moves and inter intercompany uh, type of inventory 
fulfillment. So are you delivering to stores then? Not directly to stores, but to, to warehouses. Yeah, to that, retail. That then they go to cold storage, right? So we're I know final mile is is such a, a big big trend right now, and I guess I guess we're a, we're a middle middle mile guy, right? Well, yeah, but the middle mile is where you need the long haul, right? So you might pick up at a company. Well, give me an example. And you don't have to mention names. Give me an example of like a typical move. Well, so you think about, again, we're heavily in food food products, consumer staples. So you think about confectionery, frozen prepared foods, things of that nature. So we're in retail, right? So your, your Walmarts your McLean's, your targets of the world. Those are those are the docks that we're bumping for deliveries, you know, hundreds of times per week. Nice. So you'll pick up at their a DC and then take it to a, a warehouse that's going to do the final exactly in that area. Exactly. Yeah. And again, I mean there's there's you want to have a lot of diversification in terms of the the types of freight that you're that you're handling and what those characteristics are. And so what we found is a good mix of supporting a manufacturing plant, which you know, needs to be serviced and executed different from a distribution center. And again, a, a nice healthy mix of intercompany uh, movements that you can kind of pair within an individual customer's network or together with other core customers, as well as supporting some of our key customers, key customers. Got it. Got it. Well, and guys, if I've said this many times on my podcast, but Brian knows this because he lives it every day is the bar is higher for cold chain. When you're talking about cold chain, that means temperature control needs to be not just managed anymore. It also has to be documented. The Food Safety Modernization Act, I think is probably what five, six years old now. Mm -hmm. And it was the first overhaul of the FDA ever. I think the FDA is 75 years old. So a lot of that, a lot of those rules pertain to cold chain. And I've told, I've told this story before on my podcast company that shall not be named because <laughs> we're protecting the guilty here. They were supposed to deliver food on a Friday and it was cold and I think it might have been frozen and it couldn't deliver on Friday. So it came back to the terminal and the boss said, make sure this stays cold all weekend. And nobody plugged it in. So it didn't mm -hmm. stay cold that weekend. And on, on Monday morning, guys show up to check it, probably Sunday night, to check it out. And it had thawed out a lot of it. Not completely, but enough. Enough that you should say something. Right. But you know, imagine Joe and Brian working in that warehouse. Do you want to tell the boss that we screwed up? That we just wasted $70,000 worth of food? Or mm -hmm. do we just plug it in and say right. it's fine? And that used to go on and probably still goes on in some ways. But now companies like yours, those, uh, we not only have to keep it cold, you have to be able to prove you kept it cold. Oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> so absolutely. Speak to that for a sec. Sure. Well, I think really the advancements in technology have really helped us, us as carriers, right? Being able to prove that and be able to recognize when things may look like they could get out of whack and be able to adjust quickly. So we have right. remote temperature control, monitoring, rapid alerts, you know, trailers all over the country at very set it, you know, anywhere between negative 20 to 65 degrees. And again, Joe, you're talking about something that is eventually going to be consumed by a human being, right? So, 
certain commodities, if they get out of range, that's, you know, someone right. could get sick, someone could get hurt, right? So. Oh, yeah. By the yeah, way, the, yeah, the advanced technology have been fantastic. I mean, you think about the old days of we call temp temp tails where, you know, someone will stick a $10 thermometer into the back of a trailer oh, and say, oh, this is out of range. Well, you know, again, that the remote temp downloading capabilities and then being able to adjust if if a human error does occur hey this load is supposed to be set at negative 10 and because we do so much with drop trailers maybe the you know the guys at the warehouse accidentally accidentally sent it to 10 or 15 degrees we can we get the alerts and we can recognize that and change that from you know our headquarters without having to call, ask somebody to walk over, type the button, et cetera, right? So. Right. And and by the way, um, we didn't always have cold chain at this level. I mean, by the way, I grew up, I mean, it sounds so old here. Not everybody had air conditioning at their house when I was growing up. And if oh. you had it, a lot of times you had that old unit that was in one room, and the one room was like a meat locker, and the rest of the house is too hot. <laughs> and that was the same with our trucks. We had some, you know, systems that would drip liquid, all sorts of unattractive things happening. So anyway, I know you guys are experts. Do you move anything other than cold chain? Well, our company is really set up in a few different areas. So, you know, we're a regional asset-based truckload provider with a regional one way or what you could call a regular route trucking, right? Then we we do have a variety of dedicated uh, fleet programs, both at the local, regional, and national level. Uh, for those, we do have we do have some dry vans, right? So we're handling some other commodities, but only in a long term dedicated type of capacity. There is that what you do mostly dedicated? Well, the actually the the percentage has. Uh, has grown percentage of of revenue under the de dedicated models has grown quite you know tremendously so over the last. Describe what you mean by dedicated. Yeah, so that's well. How much time do we have here? Because we could that could be a long <laughs> discussion. I think dedicated means a lot of different things to a lot of different people, right? So that's why I say we have a variety of options. What it ultimately is is just I kind of look at it like it's a longer term. We are both more invested in the efficiency of utilizing the asset so it's different it's a different rate structure and it's it's allocating our our drivers and our equipment to your business exclusively yeah and so a lot of times guys when you see a truck rolled or and a tractor roll down the street a trailer i should say and you see the name of a grocery store a lot of times those trucks aren't managed by that grocery store they're managed by companies like brian's so those drivers might have on the uniform of that grocery store and the tractor might look like it is owned by that it might be owned by that track by that grocery store and the trailer has their branding on it but you guys are managing all of those the driver and all the maintenance and all that stuff for them but they're making sure that you make profit on that every year because they're the, they're the customer. Right. Yeah. I mean, running a trucking business is difficult. A slim margin business. That's, that's what we're going to get into in a minute. Yeah, exactly. And so you can also get them some backhauls with that stuff if they want, right, to reduce their costs. Sure. Yeah, yeah, ab absolutely. Well, Brian, um, I want to talk about five things your carrier wants. So most we had this conversation First, we had it manifest over drinks, and and then we had it just before we hit record here. And 
I'm a podcaster. I talk to people mostly about the cool new tech that's happening, and it is all cool. I'm not ever going to put any of that down. We want it. We need it. It has advanced our business a long way, but it's not uh, where the rubber meets the road, so to speak. Carriers are, and that that there's been definitely technology improvements. We already talked about some of them, but there's still a lot. It's where the rubber meets the road is where we have problems. So today I want to talk to you about five things your carrier wants. And this again is, it's beyond technology. It's, it's, it's getting stuff that has to go 800 miles to another city and be unloaded. <laughs> so what is the first thing that a carrier like LTI wants from shippers? And to a lesser, I guess also if you're working with 3PLs, what do they want? Well, I'll speak, you know, for us as a carrier, because again, we're, we're a niche provider, right? And I think it's important to distinguish between, you know, what type of carriers you have in your network and what categories are in. So, you know, again, we're a enterprise, but niche provider. What's important to us is, and we're a contract carrier. So we're not, uh, we're not chasing the, the hot lane of the moment, chasing the market. You're not uh, looking for spot loads very much. Right. Not on our on our equipment primarily, right? You know, we need we're looking for consistency and accurately forecasted to much as we control commitments, right? We take great pride in honoring our commitments and commitments are really a two way street, right? In terms of, you know, how how much volume, well how much capacity do you need? how much per week out of what location going to where etc and being able to plan against that so that we can ensure that we have the right capacity allocated and where it needs to be in order to uh, right meet service level requirements right so it's it's funny before we hit record uh, we were talking about this and I was calling that forecasting and then updated forecasting you were saying I was kind of thinking in terms of I need I need 10 trucks. And I told you that you knew that I need 10 trucks a week. Well, then if one day I, I all of a sudden only need nine this week, that's fine. You understand that that can be worked out, but don't call 15 minutes ahead of time and say, don't send that 10th truck. And you said, that's cool. I definitely, you agreed with that, but you said you're thinking more at the, the annual quarterly monthly, because you, as you just said, Commitment is a two-way street. And, and I've also told you the story when I was at a 3PL, we sometimes would um, we work with shippers that would say, we move this stuff every week. And we would go, oh, we'd be very excited. Well, sometimes they exaggerated. Why did they exaggerate? Because they thought more volume would impress us. Mm -hmm. And then we, we would round up when we talked to our partner carriers. And then the carriers, they're committing actual assets, trucks, it's not just words on paper. It's not just mm -hmm. numbers. You guys say, I commit to trucks. All we did was write it down. And if we don't meet those, you're you're in trouble. Not not us necessarily. We're in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. So I understand that for the last couple of years, it's been extremely difficult to forecast, right? You've got rapidly changing consumer behavior, consumer demand fluctuations, right. Right? inventory levels are changing, warehouses full, et cetera. And all of that, you know, being interconnected and then ultimately rolling into, is it going to be 10 trucks or is it going to be 15 trucks? You know, it's a, it's a challenge, but I think 
you know, again, we, the, the, the level of interconnectedness and then, you know, within our network of, you know, 16 different markets, you know, nearly 300 tractors, 90 different zone to zone movements, you know, a change in a couple of loads per week over a period of time, you know, we have to make adjustments. We have to be able to recognize, is that going to be a continuous trend? Might that, might, might that come back around? Do we need to find other business to help close that gap? How's that going to impact what we're doing with the truck afterwards and what our service levels are there? So again, just, you know, regular communication and commitment to Movement to those numbers. Forecast the right and, numbers. you know, how, how much do you need and when and, and, and for how much? And, you know, we're big in the confectionery space and uh, surge expectations. So, you know, there's a, there's a good degree of seasonality that's there, right? And special projects where we understand that the expectation is that there is going to be highs and lows. Yep. We know how to manage I, it. So. For a minute, I worked for a Silicon Valley company that did forecasting. I remember I had dinner with the CEO before I hired, and he said the very worst thing that can happen on a forecast is that it under forecast production. And he goes, except, except if you over forecast production. And, and I remember he said, and I go, well, what do you mean? He goes, it's both. He goes, we never hit the forecast for the most part. He goes, but we, we don't want to go under, we don't want to go over. But you kind of recognize that, but you are the ones who are actually allocating money towards a forecast because you have to say these assets are attached to that forecast. So you need them to be right. Anyway, you already started to touch on the second point we want to talk about, which is collaboration, relationship, and that, that whole partnership piece. So speak to that and why that's so important to a carrier. Well, is critical. And I think it's, again, interrelated to the, everything else that, that we're all going to talk about here. But uh, and I think the, on, the onset and acceleration of, of technology and visibility to, to data, market information, right? You talk about freight waves, DAT, you know, everything is so accessible to everyone oh, right yeah. now. And which, which, is, which is great. But the discussion, you know, around that and diving deeper to really better understand how we can solve each other's problems or, you know, how, what are the problems? What, and, you know, what, what can we do about it? Right. What's going wrong? Why, you know, this is what we're doing about it. This is where, you know, you know, here's the numbers, right. This is when we expect it to be better. And here's what we ask, you know, of you. Right. And we found is, you know, the more that you can have those meaningful conversations Everyone does really want this to, you know, does want to reduce the amount of problems that we have, right? Right. So, but you have to be able to communicate each other how to get there. Yeah. Yeah. And I said to you before we hit record, no matter what business you're in, if you have a customer who is holding you at arm's length for whatever reason, they don't have time, they can't do, they they don't have time, they're, they're busy with other stuff, we'll get back to you. At some point, if you don't develop that relationship, if you don't start having collaboration where you're saying, here's how we're going to solve problems, you're going to lose that business. And we've all been there. We've all been there where you go, they're just set up differently. They don't talk to us very much. They're busy. Whatever it might be, you're going to lose that relationship. And we all know it. And I've, I've used it another way of saying it is anyone who holds you at arm's length, you're just going to lose them. Yeah, I think. The nature of 
problems that we're facing or goals and objectives that uh, you know we may have as an organization we collectively have in terms of a business relationship and understanding the the scope and magnitude of that making progress like those i just can't have that conversation over email right i mean email <laughs> you know i can follow we can we need to talk and then i can certainly follow it up with a bulleted overview or you know an excel sheet that kind of better lays out that you can reference but you know relationships i think can be maintained to a certain extent over over email and from afar but really they have to be a established yeah. and, and, and developed, you know, in person and through, through conversations. Yep. And it's funny, we can send text messages and, and I'm all for it. But one of the challenges is it's not the same as, as having a face-to-face -face or even a Zoom call or a conversation by phone. And so often now when I make a phone call right now, Brian, Brian if I was to call you kind of, uh, it would be like, well, why is he calling me? We don't have a meeting scheduled. Like, yeah, and right. we have, oh, what's, and, something and, wrong? and the problem I have with that is if I was to send you a note and say, Hey, Brian, let's, uh, let's meet. You say, yeah, let's meet on next Wednesday. I'm like, that, that, that cadence is off. And that brings us to the next point, which is you, you wrote, you gave me something I really like, which is communication cadence. And what do you mean by communication cadence? Well, I got to, I got to jump. I'm sorry, Joe, but I got to jump back to the last one really quick. And it is related, yep. but you know, one of the reasons why I got actually, so I've been fortunate to come up in, in freight, you know, kind of from the ground up entry level position as a broker, worked in operations and kind of do some different things in sales. And when I had the opportunity to go into sales, I had a, a great mentor in, in Megan Muir. I kind of pictured myself, you know, having drinks with you or playing golf and eating steak dinners, traveling around the country all the time, right? <laughs> yeah, sign me up. Yeah, it turns out I'm kind of, you know, just in my basement looking at emails and spreadsheets, just kind of like, like everybody else too. But, you know, interaction is, is just so key. And what I would say too is, you know, cut the carrier events where you can lay out strategically hey as a shipper this is you know these are our strategic plans this is what we expect there's a ton of value there in carrier events conferences and sometimes i might even apply a discount on your freight rate freight rates if you do have conferences and golf is included in those two yeah <laughs> yeah and you know it's funny the communication cadence it's not just the daily communications it's might be the weekly report. And again, that's not going to, it's not going to, I, I used to have weekly meetings with my customers to go over our metrics. And we had, I'll say KPIs, four or five KPIs, not a dozen, four or five. And yeah. And what we would talk about the most was what went wrong. And I would always tell my team, be brutally honest about everything that went wrong. We're not hiding it. We're not blaming the carrier. We're a 3PL. We weren't blaming the carriers. We weren't making excuses. We were saying we did this wrong and we won't do it again. Here's what we're doing to avoid that. And some problems like billing problems sometimes don't go away forever with LTL. And we would say, this is the problem. Here's what we're doing. They don't go away quickly, but we would be again, brutally honest upfront. And you know, one of the things they said to us was our customer said this to us was, you know, we used to kind of go through all of our all of our carrier stuff and see if you guys were being honest with the KPIs 
And she says, you guys are always exactly what we would do. So we stopped checking. And I was like, I, I was thinking, that's great. And that's the same as if you're always, um, you know, not having frank conversations, not having those weekly meetings, then you don't get better. And it's not just the weekly meetings. It might be a monthly report. For sure, it's a QBR. We yep. need that communication cadence because that's how you guys, as the carrier, get to know the shipper and their problems and also communicates the problems you're having. Right. Yeah. Okay. So bi- we love the bi-weekly check. And I think that, you know, at times maybe people are hesitant or afraid to address problems, you know, head on. Right. And, uh, you know, that's really not the way to make improvements. Right. You have to just take ownership, understand what's going on, willing to talk about it and figure out how to how to improve. And so, yep. Bi-weekly, you know, for the most part, again, we're fortunate to have some some really, you know, great partner core customers that get it. It's not a finger pointing exercise, right? It's okay. Here's the key metrics. This is where we're at. This is why. Here's kind of some other things that are going on that are impacting that. Right. And you know, sometimes it may be a thirty minute call that only lasts five minutes, right? Other times it may go long. There's knowledge shares you know, transfers that are happening at a bigger picture level that may or may not be relevant that week, the next week, but a month down the line, oh, that sparks that idea and another opportunity that that would not have otherwise been there had built in for that regular time, right? So, yeah. Yeah. And by the way, you kind of hit on something is, it's not a finger pointing contest. I said this before to people that I've worked with is if you shoot the messenger, they won't bring any more messages. And that's, that is kind of a leadership thing. So if I was working for you, Brian, and every time I brought you problem, I go, Hey, Joe, we, Brian, we, brought, we had this problem, that problem. You're like, well, fix it. Why am I, why am I working with you? If we have all these problems, right? Well, okay. Now I'm going to start shoving all those problems under the rug. I'm not going to tell you the truth because you can't handle the truth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you you have to, you know, create an environment internally, externally, you know, build that trust of being able to being able to share key key pieces of information. Right. So you're going to talk about five things your carrier wants with my friend, Brian Gabala. And the first thing we talked about is this consistency, the forecasting and the updated forecasting. Next, we talked about collaboration, relationship partnerships, why that's so important. We just talked about communication cadence. That's daily, weekly, monthly. That's building those. That's building this this communication that allows you to, to get better every day. The next one is, is showtime for you. So let's talk a little bit about loading and unloading. You had some interesting insights on this one. Well, drivers want to drive, right? I mean, I don't know if this is anything particularly profound, but we all, we all, what, what all the five things have in common is that we just want to be more efficient with one another, right? Like, let's help each other become more efficient. Let's reduce waste. Uh, There's a huge opportunity to allow us to become more efficient with one another by speeding up the loading and unloading process, right? So, Right now, you know, in our network, on average, it takes just under an hour to get loaded or or, or unloaded, and that's that's across you know eighty five thousand. That's an average, right? That's you know that's over the course of a year, you know, eighty five thousand plus stops, right? All these different locations, and you know, 
I think a lot of us kind of know inherently like who's, who are the good operators, who are the bad operators, right? Who's, who are the offenders. And again, it's been a real, it's been challenging from a staffing perspective all the way down the line, but our drivers, our drivers take great pride in driving 600 miles and overcoming various hurdles to, to make, make an appointment and be on time. And uh, ultimately, yeah, I'm unloaded. <laughs> yeah. You know, we just, we're not, we don't do warehousing, Joe. We're a truckload carrier and uh, we just, we're just looking to deliver the stuff that someone ordered. So before we hit record, we were talking a little bit about drop trailer versus kind of live and unlo- live and uh, load and unload. So talk about what those first off, get, tell us what those are. And then secondly, Talk about what you guys are doing over at LTI to make that uh, loads and unload come really quickly. So a lot of this stem from the, with the capacity crunch, right? And everyone, you know, okay, we need to retain and, you know, we need to retain drivers, right? And then also, you know, our customers really, you know, have such a need for additional capacity but we were kind of like tapped out to a certain extent because of other constraints. So then, you know, my focus really went from bringing on all this new business to how do we become more efficient? How do we create more capacity from the, the, the trucks and existing network that, that we already have. Right. And that, you know, where that presented the opportunity was, okay, you know, it's, it's driving more frequently. Right. So we saw, we started analyzing, okay, what's the benchmark, right? You know, where, what's the average, you know, what's happening and, you know, try as you may to try to get others to unload you faster, et cetera, et cetera, through all the different tactics, you know, really, again, I'm just i I'm just a guy sitting in my basement in St. Louis. So it's unlikely I'm going to be able to get multi-billion dollar organization to really, really change behavior at some remote location in the Southeast. Right. So we start as we went deeper in our in our analysis, we kind of find found out that, look, I can't on a on a on a drop trailer. It's in our network on average, it's we're in and out in 37 minutes. Right. So that's great. In a lot loading scenario, it's it's on average three hours. Right. So. Whoa. So it's what's yeah. that six times longer? Yeah. So, you know, some might you know, look at that and think, okay, well, that's, that's only one hour of detention, right? You know, you're getting $50, $60, $70. You know, my benchmark for what I'm, I'm, I'm measuring against 37 minutes, right? That's I'm measuring against. So that's two and a half additional hours. If I just purely by, if I'm live loading or if I'm, if I'm doing a drop trailer. So right. this so the strategy look, look. became, the strategy became, how do we maximize drop stops, right? And so what do you need for those? You need density, you need additional volume, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, you know, we went from about a 50-50 split on on total stops being um, drop versus live to now the pickup side, we're at 80-20. So that's, that's fantastic. So, right? so, so when you talk about 80% of your loads right now, drop trailer, and what you mean by drop trailers, that means the driver drops off a trailer at the location, the shipper loads it at their convenience. And then when it's ready, they call you guys, you come pick it up 
that's real easy. Just hitch, put the hitch on and, and go. I say it's real easy. I'm not doing it. <laughs> and then when they get to the location where they're dropping it off, it's more likely to be a, just a drop off and they unload it at their leisure. Do you have some that are drop, pick up, and then live unload? Oh yeah. Yeah. That, okay. That's, yeah, that's common too. Mm-hmm. So, so you think about this is let's just say we had two live, two, a live loading and a live unloading. That's six hours, three hours on each side versus if it's a, I can drop off a trailer and then pick it up and then drop it off again. Makes it a lot easier. Cause am I right to say drivers get paid to drive, not to stand around and wait for unloading? Yeah. That would be accurate. Yes. Yeah. Drivers get paid to drive. Drivers want to drive. Right. And, you know, what drivers really don't like waiting. Right. Yeah. And, you know, what are you doing when, when, if you're, if you're waiting, Joe, you know, what is, what do most people do? You know, kind of, uh, I guess I'm going to look at my phone, you know, what can I do next? Or maybe, okay, I can't do this work that I was expecting to do at this time. So I'm going to do other work. You know, a driver doesn't have that option. So yeah, just do yeah. work. When we when we screw up a driver, and again, they, they, we can't. This is this is all difficult. If it was easy, we would have already solved these problems. When you can't get unloaded, these drivers sometimes are missing their next load. They sometimes are missing their kids' ball game. They aren't getting home for holidays. They're hitting a traffic jam that they wouldn't have otherwise hit. They're having to spend the night somewhere where they didn't want to spend the night. There's all sorts of problems, and so we all know we have these problems. And if I could throw this in there. When ELD hit the electronic logging device, uh, was that three, four years ago? Maybe five. Well, whatever, whenever the ELD mandate hit, we were like, oh, this is horrible. This is not going to have any useful, anything useful particularly. But we ended up with all these visibility solutions being embedded in the ELDs. So that's yes. big, big up, right? But yeah. I think also it started driving more drop trailers and companies like yours are saying we can be more efficient, more effective, better for the drivers. Well, our, win, our, win, our win. Custom, yeah. Our, our, I mean, it's a win, win. Our customers want it too. Right. So it doesn't so say it's win, win, win. You, you, the driver and the shippers. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It starts, it starts Joe with how do you solve the problem is, is that visibility piece, right? So, you know, there's geofence level analytics, right? You know, we've developed, you know, various dashboards at the facility level, customer level, et cetera, to show, you know, exactly what's occurring based on when we arrived, when we departed. And that's that's kind of been built into, you know, our QBRs and regular conversations is is that piece and sharing that information. And again, oftentimes. So I'm going to summarize what we talked about here, Brian. So we talked about we're talking with my friend Brian Gabala about five things your carrier wants. We talked about forecasting and that that is forecasting annually, quarterly and updating those forecasts because they're never right on and and helping your carrier be more effective, more efficient. This is a low margin deal they're in and if you screw them up on the forecasting you're going to have to charge you more later. So uh, second, you want collaboration, you want relationships. Don't hold them at arm's length. I said before we hit record, you don't want to be dating your carrier. You don't want to be engaged to your carrier. You want to be married to your carrier. Joe, <laughs> so at the hip. <laughs> well, we were talking about that. I mean, uh, some of our customers, they've, they've heard me say that before. And uh, I am married to uh, more than one customer. But yeah. Yeah. Don't, I won't tell your wife. <laughs> so, uh, 
next thing we talked about was this communication cadence. You used that term and you meant it is, you know, the daily, the weekly, the monthly, the quarterly business reviews. And, and that might be some written reports, some reports that go by email. That's great, but it also has to be some live and in person. And I'll throw it out there. I think we should make more phone calls. Not everything has to be scheduled a week out. We've gotten very attached to our calendars, and I think that's great. It helps us be more effective, more efficient. But I, I think it's fine to send a text message saying, hey, can we have a quick phone call? Next, it's super important one, and I love this one, is the loading and unloading. On average, you're three hours for a live unload or a yep. live load, and you're 37 minutes for uh, a drop and hook. So I think we're going to see more and more companies – and you're, you know, you're a bigger company. These are companies that are saying this is how you become more efficient. Is this is how you keep your drivers on the road? Last point: What is the last thing that your carrier wants from their shippers? I I, I think what we all want uh, as carriers, uh, as business partners, as human beings, all of us, the supply chain industry is a, a a large space vast industry but a small world i think mutual respect is is really a big a big piece i would say that's a, that's the fifth thing what i mean by that right again tied into what we've talked about let's help each, let's communicate with one another let's understand and recognize impact of potential problems and what we can do about them let's be clear about communications and and expectations and and helping each other, right? So mutual mutual respect with those relationships is yeah. Is key. And I think that and that starts with this respect the driver's time, right? Okay. Get them loaded and loaded. Let's also recognize that guy just drove across the country. We appreciate a driver's lounge. We appreciate you treating that guy, who's a professional who who values his commitment to you you got a commitment to him too. It's not just a paycheck. You invite him in. Again, I always say if I drove down to St. Louis to see you, that's like a six-hour drive for me. I wouldn't expect that I have to sit in your driveway. <laughs> I would expect that you'd invite me in. Yeah, yeah. I'd let you ride in, Joe. Absolutely. And yeah, I, I think it's easy to get lost in, hey, it only looks like it's this far away on my computer screen. But <laughs> no, that's, that's a long ways to go. I, I, you know, when I... When I travel, uh, you know, I'm driving a Chevy Impala, not a, an 80,000 80, yep. pound tractor trailer ac across the country. But after I drive for seven or eight hours, you know, I'm exhausted and I'm ready to, yep. you know, oh, sit yeah. down I, and relax. I'm always time. sore. I drove up, I drove to Northern Michigan. It's four hours away up to Traverse City. I get out, I'm sore. <laughs> I don't know what, how somebody drives all day. Anyway, definitely want that. You, you, you hire professional drivers, you hire professional trucking companies, treat them that way. And um, again, just, I think, I think it begins with recognizing these human experiences and human relationships. So I'm going to summarize all this one more time. And then I want your final thoughts on the topic. So again, I'm talking with my friend, Brian Gabala, we're talking about five things your carrier wants from you and forecasting annual quarterly, uh, monthly, weekly, the better you can give them forecasts, the better they can manage their business. Next, they want collaboration, relationships. They want partnerships. They want, they want you to bring in, bring into the circle of trust, right? Keep the communication going, whether it's and daily, I, and I, weekly. 
and that has to be earned, right? That has yes. to be earned and sustained and, and proven, you know, day in and day out, right? Absolutely. And then we got the communication cadence daily, weekly, monthly, the, do the QBRs. And then I throw in there, have a phone call. It won't kill you guys that your phone, in addition to texting, also makes phone calls. You can go ahead and do that. I'm saying, okay, boomer, but it's the truth. <laughs> you don't hey, build Joe, relationships via text messaging. Joe, you can That's call how you me. That's catfished. <laughs> Joe and anybody else out there, call me anytime. If you have myself, yeah. then I have, so I'll Thursday give his, nights. I, I bowl on Thursday nights. Yep. So, so it's, I got his phone number right here, guys. So let me know. I'll give it to you. The next thing we talked about, loading and unloading. I love what you guys are doing with the, the, the drop and hook. And I think so many companies are going to follow you. Well, have followed you into that space. I mean, it's the right thing, I think, for the drivers because we can keep them on the road. We can keep also consistent schedules, which is makes Ryan and everyone else's job at, at the carrier much better. And the last thing we talked about is this mutual respect. Their professionals treat them like professionals, bring them into that circle of trust. So... Brian, final thoughts before we talk about what's going on over at LTI. Yeah, we know what we're good at, right? And we know what we're not good at. And, you know, when we get to know one another, and uh, if you just kind of give me the business that I'm I'm, I'm telling you I can execute, uh, how frequently I can uh, do it, and, and for the rates that we need, then things work out really well. So. Yep. Excellent. Excellent. So before you go, who is the who's the sweet spot for LTI? Well, there's got to be a geographic fit first and foremost, you know, for the most part. So we, we've got, we're really strong and dense in, in the Midwest and then some select stretch points in uh, Atlanta. Where are your terminals at? We actually have one one terminal and a few pseudo terminals in the Midwest, but primarily we run out of okay. St. Louis, Missouri, our, our uh, terminal and maintenance facility here. Nice. And so you'll go all the Midwest and that would... It, that obviously includes my home state, Michigan, yeah, Ohio, yeah. Indiana. Get up to Wisconsin and Minnesota too. Yeah, Wisconsin, Minnesota, uh, and kind of every everywhere in between. Uh, Nashville, Memphis, Kentucky, and then we yeah, we, we stretch out to Eastern Pennsylvania. Some select select markets. Very very surgical. Very strategic. Again, it's a it's a penny business. When some of your KPIs are measured in the fraction of a penny. Right. You have to be extremely thoughtful and, and strategic and planned out about where you are sending and how, how you're allocating your assets. And, but you said you sometimes go down as far as south as Texas and as far west as Texas. Yeah, we we uh, we've got a nice presence now in the Dallas market. That's been uh, another great area. For so us. if we had the geographic fit, what else do we need? There's some, you know, certain types of freight characteristics. Right. Again, we're a refrigerated truckload carrier strong. And food products. Do you do it uh, any frozen or just refrigerated? Yeah, frozen, deep frozen. We're not afraid of ice cream, right? We've got, right. Great, we've got great equipment. Unfortunately, technology. I'm not afraid of ice cream either. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, again, one, it's it's a difficult business, as you know. But bar is higher. Yeah, bar is higher. Increasingly difficult service expectations that we can meet. That, but uh, again, with certain types of freight characteristics that we we really highlight and and go after aggressively and when when it can all come together it's a beautiful thing yeah excellent excellent. we we find something we're good at we just try to do it over and over again right yeah oh before i forget so i i we i went to manifest i met you we i think we we had one of the cocktail parties and then 
I saw you on Thursday night at Nelly, and you told me Nelly is from St. Louis. That's right. Yeah, you know that was, Nelly was, was fun. Nelly, yeah, it was a great time. I mean, Nelly, uh, Nelly was coming up when uh, when I was in grade school, and uh, that 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 was a that was a cool experience and great way to end the conference was to see him perform. Yeah, and um, when I got there, I felt like I was the dad dropping off the kids. So like, <laughs> I remember when I remember when Nelly was popular, but I, I was never a huge fan. But I really did enjoy the concert, and I saw you, and then I bumped into the guys from Ryder, and they brought me into their vip area because they're one of the sponsors of that so i was with all the cool all the cool kids really good good location to watch nelly and his guys was excellent so um anyway what i'll do oh speaking of which what conferences will i will we see you at do you guys get to some of the trucking conferences yeah we'll be we'll uh we'll have our team at at food shippers of america coming up in a couple weeks here in palm springs california nice Uh, yeah so that's that's really the best conference, you know, for us and, and our customer base. And there are some, some new customers that we're uh, looking to interact with that will be out there. And I, I just really, Joe, see a ton of value in engaging and having those conversations with customers, potential customers, peers, right? Competitors, guys and, you know, potential vendors. Oh yeah. That was, I love Manifest for that reason. And I'm sure the other conferences are just as good, but you know, it's funny, there's, when you when you get a chance to just meet all i met a lot of my existing customers a million people i've interviewed before and there's nothing better than in person and again i know we're all kind of tied to our electronic communication whether it be our email or our phones texting we got to do more in person we're at covid's covid's over knock on wood here i'm a man (laughs) i wasn't put on this planet to sit sit down here and look at computer screens all day every day you know i gotta mix it up i gotta be out there with the people right yep yep yeah exactly so what i'll do is i'll put a link to your linkedin profile i'll put a link to um your website and any other links you give me so people can reach out and talk to you guys and i really appreciate you taking the time Great. Hey, you know, would I be able to add one like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing? Please add. So, and you can edit this too, right? Sure. Yeah. All, right, all, right. <laughs> all right. So, hey, you know, we're we're a uh, LTI uh, trucking is a, a, a privately held, uh, well established, and uh, strong niche provider in the temperature con- controlled space. And you know, if you're looking for reliability and 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 partnership and stability to help navigate some of the the wild swings that we've 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 come to uh, be accustomed to you know certainly looking to have some conversations with not only potential clients but like i like i mentioned uh others in the industry to to kind of we all networking helps yeah we all have a lot of the same challenges and more we share ideas and work with one another the the better off we're all going to be Yep. And, um, you know, you mentioned not only just talking to potential customers and existing customers, but even people who you don't necessarily do business with. I talked to Nicole Glenn over at Candor Expedite, and I was supposed to see her manifest, but unfortunately, uh, she's in Texas and they did not get to manifest because of the weather. But she's got this growing business and she said, oh, and I also do 10 networking calls per month. She schedules them. And I was like, hmm. And if she can find time, we can all find time. And those aren't, yeah. they aren't with always with the idea that what can I get from you? Can I win business from you? Sometimes you will win business. And I think over time, if you're having 10 conversations that are, you know, win-win, 
somewhere along the line, you're going to get an introduction and you're going to say, yeah, paid for itself, but that's not why I'm doing it. Yeah, I, I recognize that I've learned a lot in my 12 years in the industry, but I have a lot that I don't know, right? And being at Manifest <laughs> or some of these conferences, you know, can really be a humbling experience when you start talking to folks. And I, I you know, I've known Nicole Glenn a little bit and have come to really admire her and her story. And uh, boy, she's, she set the bar and really uh, 10, 10 a month. Maybe I might start with five, but she's inspired me. <laughs> she's inspired me to do something in that area. So hold me to that. So we'll follow up in six months and we'll see if I've, if I've done five. So. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for taking the time, Brian. Again, I, it was great, great meeting you, Manifest. Great to have you on my podcast. Thanks a lot, Joe. Take care. Yep. And thank all of you for listening to my podcast. Your support's very much appreciated. Until next time, onward and upward. You have been listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where we engage with leaders in the logistics and supply chain community. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, hit the like button, and leave us a nice review on Apple or Spotify, wherever else you listen. Also, please check out our videos on YouTube and connect with us on LinkedIn. We're very big on LinkedIn. And you can also reach us on the logisticsoflogistics.com, our website.